Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. A lot of times we are very short-sighted in the goals that we pursue in ways that can hamper our long-term ability to be effective as leaders. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, the psychology of leadership and trust. If you give in to the will of the group in situations in which your expertise tells you, actually, we should do this another way, one of the dangers of that is while you have made friends in the moment, you may very well be pursuing a strategy that doesn't lead to a long-term benefit. Of course, yeah. And, and this undermines the amount of trust that people are going to have in your decision-making in the future. And, you know, one of the things that good leaders do is, is they, they, they certainly have to communicate effectively, particularly in situations in which they are doing something that the rest of the group doesn't want to do. They have to explain their reasoning and, and even empathize. That is to say, I understand that you think we should do something different. And I'm asking you to follow me in this situation because I believe this is the right thing to do. But but leaders who do that and leaders who consistently pursue strategies that they believe are going to be effective ones and lead the group to a degree of success. Not every venture has to succeed wildly, but someone who demonstrates that they that they get things done effectively ultimately develops a level of respect from the people that they lead that allows them license to go off and do something that other people don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. So we, there are plenty of situations in which people have said, you know what, I'm not sure this is the right thing to do, but, but, but I trust you, yeah. you, which is a reflection of you've, you've brought us to the right place in the past, and so and so maybe I'm missing something here. Yeah, and let's talk just a minute about what what has to be present to develop that kind of trust, right? There has to be enough evidence over time that I believe, as a follower, that you're making decisions that are in the best interest of the group. And and if if I'm your child and you're my parent, that I come to believe that you're making decisions that are in my best interest. And the thing that happens often when people are responding to those in-the-moment things, if there has been uh, a measure of trust that's been built over a consistent type of behavior over a long period of time, then those momentary unhappinesses is that a word? That, it is that, now. It is now. The, those things fade more quickly, right? Yeah. I, I, because because we have a relationship now. And even though you're doing this thing and I'm a little unhappy with that right now, that's going to fade quickly because we have this history that has been developed where you seem to make a lot of decisions that are in our best interest or as a parent in my best interest. And so I'm okay, I'm pissed right now, but that's going to fade and now we're moving on. But it becomes difficult to move on when, as Art mentioned, the idea of communicating, there's really not a sense that you can see in the pattern of decision-making 
an overarching goal of improving the quality of lives yeah. of the people you're leading. I mean, I mean, if you don't see that happening, you don't see some consistent evidence of that, then there's really not a basis for trust. So when things go in a direction that the group doesn't want it to go, of course they're going to be angry. Of course they're not going to be uh, supportive of what your idea is because you've developed no track record of, uh, of, of being concerned about the group. And frankly, right, if, if, if your primary motivation is to stay in a leadership role because you want to be in a leadership role, yeah. and so you, do, you, you, you pursue actions that just try to curry favor with everybody, yeah. then you know, either you're going to end up doing things that aren't successful or you, know, you will never be able to do something that the group doesn't want to do because that's the only way that you've managed to stay in that role to begin with. And that's in some sense not, that's not leading. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's being led by the, by the whims of this uh, consensus. And, w- and when it comes to leadership positions, more people want the job than want the work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's a lovely notion to, to, to be the leader and imagine what your office looks like and all those kinds of things. But when it comes to the day-to-day grinding out what a leader has to do to be an effective leader, I, I think there are many fewer people who have either the desire or certainly the skill to actually make all that happen. Yeah, I mean, we've talked on past shows about the fact that that leaders have both vision responsibility as well as operational responsibilities. They have to be both strategic and operational. And I think I think more people enjoy the strategery <laughs> than <laughs> than enjoy the operational component. Yeah, and sure. but but at the end of the day if you know you can spout off all of the wonderful visions of the future you want if you can't get stuff done right. then you're not leading yeah and and that that actually is a lot of work there the problem is if you're if you're in a leadership role because you value status you find it very hard to do something that flies in the face of what the members of the group want and and all of this still hinges on the idea of where does one look to get an indicator of status because the status issue is is only going to limit your choices in terms of what the group wants if the group is what provides status for yes. you. Next week, we'll talk about lying and happiness with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can listen back to this show or any of our archive shows at KUT.org and subscribe to the podcast to never miss an episode in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. David Alvarez, Jake Perlman, and Michael Crawford are our engineers. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.